You're listening to the world-famous White Roof Radio with guest number 615, recorded February 7th, 2017. Tonight brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's OutMotoring.com. Ready? Okay. Yep. Go. And it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Hey, everybody. It's DB in Arizona with a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio. Got a huge show for you now. We're just going to kind of jump right into it. Guys are really revved up, ready to go. Joining us this week, as always, my good friend Todd Pearson from MotoringStripes.com. Todd, say hi. Uh, I am here holding down the Rebel Base in Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that little giggle there you hear. Alex is with us tonight. We got Alex back. Alex, say hi. Yes. I am back, and I would like to uh, thank our uh, female audience for all the fine mail that I've received since last week. <laughs> so, ladies, Ooh. no, I am, I am not, I am not gay, as my <laughs> friends have suggested here. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that. Not, not there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, LGBT power and everything, right? Uh, but I wonder about our friends, uh, my other friends actually, because they keep. Re- I received the female fine mail, and you guys receive emails about screws and. And and clutch jobs and all that stuff. So uh, I'm questioning all of that. Sturdy questions. Yeah, Alex is getting panties in the mail, and we're getting questions about clutches. About clutches, of course. Joining us this week also our good friend, uh, the head mechanic, the Reverend himself, Mr. Chad Miller, Detroit Tune, DetroitTune.com. Hello. Or not DetroitTune.com this week. Facebook.com forward slash DetroitTune. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. And as a special treat, our man Brian Dallas, uh, our mini genius, joining us from Ride Bikes Radio is with us tonight as well. Brian, say hi. Hello. And I'm I'm pretty happy that Alex is not gay, too. Well, okay. Right. As long as we've got that <laughs> taken care of. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. We've got mini sales to talk about. Brian's actually got to drive a little bit, kind of, uh, the countryman. Plus, he's been able to play with all the new tech that is in the new uh, Clubman. Uh, we're going to talk about a very interesting story about the clubman. We're going to talk about an Ask Chad question. And I think Todd had something else and it's not coming to my brain. We're going to talk about all we're those gonna things. Talk, we're going to talk a little mini sales, I think. I think I said that. Oh, you did? I, okay. think, I think you're not paying attention, Brian. Oh, damn it. Yeah. And always link. Still on the Disney and, show tunes. And Sorry. always link up. He's, the, uh, he's listening in mono, not stereo. Tonight, oh, that's, so that's, you know, we'll give him a pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Brian, Tell your wife to put her clothes back on and pay attention to the show. You know what, Brian? Brian, he still links up BMW stories from other websites, not. Oh, my um, God. You're going to bust my nuts com. about that? <laughs> <laughs> that is unacceptable. Yeah. It was pretty. That's pretty rough. I mean. The only reason out. I posted I, the only reason I put that in there is because it did call out the um, the Cooper motor as one of the best motors that was ever designed. So from last year, oh okay, did he get that uh, from the uh, Go Motoring site? I hear that's the cutting stuff. edge news <laughs> source. Oh, you know what? Chad brought it up. So Chad, here we go. Uh, everybody, this is our this will be the 2017 Go Motoring update. GoMotoring.com is temporarily not available, and uh, as they are changing. <laughs> to new content um they're still expecting to relaunch the week of december 7th so that's only you know a year away so mark those calendars yet again for the uh i believe the ninth anniversary of gomotoring.com not going live <laughs> wow it's been nine years hasn't it it's been forever yeah it's been a couple it's, it's not even fun. funny anymore it's just plain sad it is but it is kind it's... of funny it is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. I have something yep. else to say, but I don't want to edit, so I'm not going to. I'm editing in my brain. 
Because uh. I still want to deal with the email from you guys because you'll be all, DB, don't be such a hater. That's Alex's job. I'll be all, well, okay. <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, Alex. We love you. Anyway, let's get all this party started. Before we do, of course, you know I want to tell you guys about one of the fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring.com. You uh, have F56 owners out there among us, your third-gen Mini Cooper owners. I don't know if you've had a chance to poke around Outmotoring.com. I was recently on Outmotoring.com searching for replacement chin spoiler for my Mini that I'm missing for the JCW body part. And I just wanted to get a price so I can put it in my brain so I know much I need to do. But I'm poking around. You know what? Aaron has like a ton of stuff for you guys. You have 56 owners. The black grill trim, check. The red slack grill cover, check. The black grill slack cover, check. The red boot handle cover, blackjack boot handle cover. Have you, if you run an F56 and it's F56 and you're looking for something kind of make your mini a little bit cooler, you honestly, you need to get over to outmotoring.com because Aaron has got you hooked up. Great prices too on all this stuff. There's, I mean, you guys just need to go and check all these things out. Just saying. Not only that, don't forget, Aaron's like OG sponsor of Motoring Follow and uh, Wire Freighter, right? He's been with us like since day one, just about. He's awesome, supporting us so, so he can help support you. You know, Aaron's your guy. Uh, who among us hasn't been to a club function where one of the raffle prizes wasn't an outmotoring.com gift certificate for like a huge amount of money? Everybody's hand should be raised, right? Who's into that? That's our man Aaron over at outmotoring.com, taking care of us since the good old days since the r50 days i'm just saying go over there check it out outmotoring.com don't forget when you're there get yourself signed up for the email newsletter because when you do that'll give you your every time you get an email from our, our man aaron you get your own five percent discount order discount coupon code so when you go place an order um you don't have to you know pay full price you're going to save five percent just by using the coupon code you get and it costs you your email address Honestly, it's all you got to do. Don't forget too, free ground shipping. Most orders over $195. Still adding just a zillion parts a month. Well, maybe not a zillion, but a lot of parts a month. I mean, everything from like your just regular parts desk, parts desk kind of things to interior mods, exterior mods. Don't forget all the stuff for your person. The hats, the shoes, the jackets, the shirts, the watches, all that stuff. Don't forget too, the nice lineup of Aston Martin parts. <laughs> wow, is no one is no one is reacting to it. <laughs> I couldn't get anything on Aston Martin. That's funny. You oh, guys, you guys don't need parts for Aston Martin. It's because Cape's not here. Anyway, that's our I... that's our man Aaron over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring dot com. Mini performance, speed, and you know, heck, Aston Martin parts. It's Outmotoring dot com. Yes. Aston Martin. Yeah, I did parts. see that. That was funny. We can actually talk about that if you want. Talk. Our man. That, that was the news music we just heard because we're going into the content portion of the show. And let's just start off with this. Todd just posted this in our Slack, and I, I actually saw this, and I forgot where. Um, our man Patrick George, we've interviewed him on the show from Jalopnik and other places, right? Big, huge card nerd. Um, mm-hmm. He got trolled by Motor Trend on Twitter. <laughs> For what? For what? Yeah. Was it about the Super Bowl? You need to go. No, you need no. to go back. It's <laughs> just 8 for MG. Go back, okay. Well, I go yeah, back. I don't. I don't no, have, because I don't know. Like I, I was, I was watching. I was, you know, I wasn't. I don't watch football because I don't understand a game that's called football and plays. You play it with your hands, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> like I was, I got like this uh, notification that you know they won the Super Bowl, and then for some reason I went on Twitter and everybody was talking about Motor Trend, like they were the second coming when they were commenting on the game, and I thought maybe that was about this, but I guess it's no. not. Our man George from Jalopnik got into a bit of a. Twitter feud. Where was yeah. that? Did did they um? Did they delete it? Oh no! You know, here it is. 
I found it. So uh, I'll put the link to this. I'll try to remember to put the link to this in the sh- in the show notes. But uh, opposite lock over on King just got it here. I'll put the link in our Slack channel. But uh, basically, he got owned by Motor Trend. <laughs> it's pretty mm. sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. So it's a, it's your daily reminder. Motor Trend is the absolute uh, f word worst. And then and this I think it was during Super Bowl. And then. It, then Motorchen says, "Are you the same person that floated us your resume via one of our editors?" <laughs> oh my god! They called. They called him out. Uh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Patrick, the, the Camaro crashing yes. writer. Yeah, but he likes many, so he's still okay in our book. I know he's been on our show. He's been on the show. We like Patrick George. That was just Twitter yep. fun because you know Twitter's nothing but. Spammers and uh, trolling, anyway. trolling, yeah, and people complaining about who, who knows things politics. Anyway, let's not talk about that tonight. Um, let's start with mini sales for January, because yeah, you know, the month is over. We're full month into 2017, and mini's starting off well, not that hot. Well, uh, better than. Hey, it's not double digits. <laughs> well, at least it's not double digits. It means down 4% sales. Um, but that's to last year, and last year was already down quite yeah. a bit to the year prior. Yeah, it, it it wasn't great, and I think this was helped a little bit. Here's the here's the thing that really stands out to me about January numbers <clears throat> and kind of makes you turn your head just a little bit. The Countryman a year ago had 504 sales, and this year reported 1,122. That was like more than double, right? I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're all going, what the, how, well, how did that how happen? Many, how many of those cars were punched? Yeah, I bet some. I bet a, a pretty large majority. Actually. Yeah. So can you guys define uh, punched for some people that might not, like, listening to the show that might not understand, like, the term? Okay, so what happens here, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, and we'll re-explain it here uh, in case you hadn't heard us, is when a dealer is sometimes offered an incentive from a manufacturer. Um. Let's use Mini. Let's not even use Mini in this case because I don't want people to misconstrue the numbers. I'm not going to say exactly what things are. Let's say Chevrolet says to your local Joe Blow Chevrolet dealership, okay, it's getting close to the end of the month, so we're going to offer you an extra $2,000 off on every Camaro that you, and I use the quotes here, punch is what they call it, every Camaro you, you mark as sold as you add to your RDR list or... or uh, um, Right, that's that's retail, yes, uh, uh, sales list. Yes. Okay, so um, basically th- they say, okay, hey, and the Chevrolet dealership goes, all right, well, we're going to take, we got like ten of these cars, and we're going to mark them as sold, and so that when we do sell them, the Chevrolet dealer, the Chevrolet manufacturer is going to, you know, charge us two thousand dollars less per car. Right, we're going to make money on them. Okay, right. But for Chevrolet national numbers, they go down as actual sales. Right. Okay. Now this is this is there's nothing illegal or shady going on. Well, shady, shady, maybe. But yeah, I'd go shady. It's it's yeah. just fancy. Uh, every every manufacturer does it. However, back in 2015, BMW got busted for it because they were trying to outdo Mercedes. Right. And at the end of the year, there was and you just search for it BMW Punchgate 2015. <laughs> you'll find lots of articles in the automotive. <laughs> about this they're really calling it that punch gate that's our new that's our show title right there yeah punch gate um and so bmw as a brand and and uh not many specifically but bmw because they were trying to outdo and they did at the end of the year um outsell mercedes mercedes cried foul on it 
the first year last year. And they said, hey, listen, we only count cars that are actually burning gas and have <laughs> registrations, have the, have the cars registered. And BMW had the gall to come back and go, well, registration sometimes takes as much as 90 days. So, you know, they put a little bit of White House, you know, mumbo jumbo there. I'm not saying it, it, the truth was somewhere in the middle. OK, the right. truth was somewhere in the middle. So anyway, after this whole thing, BMW vowed, hey, we're not going to punch so many cars anymore. We're not going to offer these incentives. But they still kind of do, but they do a little bit more of an end around. So let's say Mini gets to the end of the month and like, hey, we don't want our sales to look so bad. We're going to offer extra incentives off. Like we're going to give dealers an extra thousand dollars off, you know, on these cars. Mm-hmm. If the market is sold and put them into, say, the loaner, the, the you know, the service loaner fleet right. or whatever that is, right? So the dealers are like, great, let's, let's, they're basically mortgaging their future of we're going to call these sold. And then in a month or two, when they finally sell, they don't actually show up on a list as sold. But the dealer gets to pocket an extra thousand bucks right. because they're paying less for the car. Right. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. I mean, I think I explained that. Yeah. Simplistically as I can. Right. Yeah. So well, anyway, this happens, this happens most months to help pad numbers. Well, they're doing less of this now. They're not getting so punch drunk, <laughs> if you will, punch happy. Um, and this is all public information. I'm not saying anything inside baseball here because this, uh, what I'm saying is all readily available in the automotive press. And BMW um, basically has said this publicly, that they're not going to do so much of this anymore, right? right? They didn't say they weren't going to do it at all. They just said they were cutting back. This also trickles down to many. However, they still do, which kind of pads the numbers. So that brings up the question, how did they sell twice as many countrymen this year as they did a year ago? Nothing in, about the country. In one, in one month. And I haven't – I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen any extras on the road. Me neither. No, there aren't any extras on the road. Yeah, I'm thinking, it, I'm thinking they Todd, got punched. Todd, you mentioned that, that Barron's is already out of our yeah. 60s. Is that right? Um, I think they've got just a couple left. Literally. I think there's only two, two new countrymen left on our lot. Two or three tops – and those may even be service loaners, as far as I know. I know that they're they're pretty much out of new ones, and yeah. uh, I, I know that because I put stripes on one just yesterday, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the last Highlands they got. They got in half a yeah. dozen of those, and they sold the last Highlands edition." And uh, they're like, "No, I think there's only one or two left." So, anyway, for that's what it is. So down four percent on paper here, and I'm saying it could have been as bad as down eleven percent. Right you kind of estimate the number of cars that were punched or potentially punched at the end of January. Right. All right. Not a big deal because we're on the cusp of the new countrymen coming out this month. In fact, I mean, Brian got a chance. You guys got one there in Seattle and uh, you got a chance to drive it today, right? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we actually had one. um, It's kind of a funny story is that we had, started building this car for a customer because we had some build slots started to show up in the early December and we started building it and got it partially done. The customer backed out and it, 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 we went back in to fix it, you know, so that we had, we didn't have this sort of dysfunctional model and it had already gone into what we call 150 status, which means it had already gotten the chassis number and it had already started into production, which means we couldn't change it at that point. So that car showed up at the port early January, maybe like the 10th. Yeah, or 12th, which is uh, kind of surprising. We were kind of watching it, figuring that Mini was just going to lock it down until closer to launch date. 
And then um, last week we heard, nope, they're going to release them all and they're going to start sending them out. And I think Prestige on the East Coast got one right yeah, away. Kind of up on Facebook pages all, yeah. over, all over the country today. And then we got ours yesterday morning. I think it showed up and then it went in, got uh, PDI'd, and we haven't even sent it to detail yet. So, But we're not allowed to sell it until March. But yeah, here's yeah here's my question. Is so this is basically just your oh, that's your demo weird. that people can look at and buy because technically you don't have a Mononi sticker for this car, right? Exactly. Oh. Well, there is one on it, but yeah, yeah. So I, I'm curious because this brings us to the next question. We're just going to keep driving through this. Is <clears throat> I asked and we had this discussion on Slack between us gentlemen here at White Roof Radio last week about MPG numbers for the new Countryman. I don't think they've officially been released oh, for the U.S. Yeah, I, have something right? I don't think they will ever release that. I don't think they ever will either. I think they're going to keep that <laughs> no. And You want to know what's really funny is I, uh, I direct messaged Mini USA on Twitter, right? And yeah. I usually get a reply back because, you know, I know who's running Mini USA Twitter and they know me. We've chatted. We've had beers, right? And I usually get a reply. It might take a day or two, but I always get a reply. You know what I didn't get a reply on when I asked why the MPG numbers for the countrymen are not MiniUSA.com? So guess yeah. what else isn't at MiniUSA.com? Oh, what's there that? aren't PG numbers for any vehicle that Mini sells right now. You can't go to MiniUSA.com and build a car or get information on the car. You can't find MPG numbers for any of the vehicles. I, want, I wonder why but, that is. That it, seems sketchy to me. But it doesn't matter because nobody cares anymore. Like People see, don't care anymore. See, the, Alex, you bring up yeah. a point because that's a, it's got to be a conscious marketing decision to say – Nobody comes here and looks for that anymore because, uh, truthfully, in my mind, I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Because all I had to do was type into Google, uh, you know, 2016 Mini or 2017 Mini Cooper MPG, and it comes right up. It tells you exactly, you know, what it is. However, I just wanted to go, are those the European numbers for the Countryman or have they been released and we didn't get it? Because I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, that's and, cool how Google just puts it right there on the screen. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm sure that they they can track everything on their website, where people are going and what people are doing. If no one's ever clicking MPG, then you know why put it there? Why make it? Why spend all that time? You know, so if people are just going there to build cars, then make the builder really good. You know, but you got to admit it's a shift in marketing because well, even like in 2000 from the R56 when it came out, that was part of the big push. Is hey, this car gets 37 miles to the gallon or 39 miles to the gallon. There were big stickers on the car that were actually from Mini that they put on showrooms, and it was a big deal. And then it became less of a deal and less of a deal and less of a deal. And I want to know which came first, the chicken or the egg. So, did people stop caring about MPG, or did Mini get burned because they stated it? I think I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit of both, Todd. So I think that because Mini got burned, they're kind of going, "Well, let's just not tell." Just in case. And then I think the other thing is people are going, well, it gets at least 35 miles to the gallon. I'm in. Every car gets roughly the same. Every car in this yeah. class gets roughly the same mile per gallon anymore anyway. So just like, oh, what do you get? 37? What do you get? 38? What do you get? 39? Oh, well, it's all close enough. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. Really, like, what people are going like to be looking at is like, it's is not like, like a cross shopping, car or is it like an electric car? It's not like they're cross shopping a Mini Cooper uh, base car yeah. with a Mazda 3. Because if they would, then MPG would be a huge deal because the Mazda 3 gets less than 30 miles per gallon on the highway, whereas the Mini gets 39. So obviously, that's – I mean, they're within within that niche, that little small car niche, all the cars get roughly the same miles per gallon. 
So Todd, to uh, to your point about the the Google search, like it's the the numbers that you get on Google results, like depending on where you are, it's going to show you those numbers for the country, right? So it tracks your location, right? And it knows that it's for you. So the numbers that I'm looking at right now are U.S. numbers. Um, I'm wondering though if if having that kind of information on the website is not uh, is it not like legally mandatory to show that information on the on the website on some on the car like, that you sell? I don't think no. so. I think it's There's only not, yeah. it's only required it's, on the Monroni sticker. Yeah, it's only required on the car itself, not on the actual, you know, sales marketing stuff material. And things like that. Okay. Yeah, because I mean that that would be kind of like uh, cutting your own throat if you didn't actually do it. But you know, I, I haven't looked at a car for gas mileage in God, you know, uh, ninety eight. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's also deceiving because you can say, look at how many different cars the Mini has. Everything from a, a Cooper automatic to a JCW. Um, Clubman, for example, those the disparity in mileage is it's all over the board. It, it's different by you know what five six miles to the gallon. So what number do you tout? And I'm kind of like, well, you put it in the when you go to build the car. And I even went into Mini USA and built a car, printed out the final PDF. Nowhere in there did it tell me what kind of mileage this car gets. And so I'm kind of like, I kind of want to know, but like I said, a quick Google search will tell me that information. But I just want to know what who who are the what are the marketing points for why they withhold this information? And like I said, it is a conscious effort to to not put this on the site. I haven't checked other car companies to go, hey, want to buy a new Camaro? What kind of what's the MPG on a new Camaro? I don't know if Chevrolet shows that or you know new Cadillac. Do they list it on that or, or whatever? So I, I just don't know. Yeah, if you do that mile per gallon search on uh, Google.com, um, it is for the United States numbers because I just did it at Google.co.uk. And when you do that, it comes up and it says that the uh, MPG is 42 to 83 MPG combined. <laughs> yeah. Because they get the diesel. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and the uh, uh, list price starts at uh, 13650 but curly QL backward dollar sign. Pound sign. <laughs> right. so it's the euro. Oh, yeah. no, sorry. That's the well. pound sign, Alex. What is it going to be after Brexit? Wait, still get British pound sterling, right? Yeah, yeah, it was always it was always a sterling. Like it was never it never switched to the euro. Which, but hey, know. the great thing is now we don't have to do math anymore. It's pretty much one to one for U.S. dollars. Right. I'm not yeah. kidding. I'm not so kidding. Guys. If we could get back to sales, just six, and then I'm going to let Brian continue talking. Is I thought this is the numbers are here are interesting. Is um, for all the car brands that Matt listed in his mini index that were down in sales: Mini, Fiat, uh, Smart. Obviously, I'm, I don't know how they're still selling cars to begin with, you know, but I think the numbers are going to be interesting to see. Is for February the numbers for Fiat, the numbers for February, March, especially after the uh, Super Bowl. Because I think the Super Bowl ads for the what freaking car was it? Super Bowl, that really pretty car. Yeah, well, Alpha had an ad. The Alpha ad, and that's gonna. I think that's gonna drive foot traffic to the Fiat dealers. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm just guessing. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with that number. Yeah, that Giulietta is amazing. I totally want it. It is, right? but that's expensive. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 It probably doesn't work really well. Probably not. Might because might it's might an Alpha M3, right? What's that, Todd? You might as well go buy an M3. Right? M4. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's actually less expensive, the M3. And yeah. they almost look the same, but man, that Alpha was pretty. Oh, yep. Brian, tell us about the Countryman. Well, um, obviously, you guys saw that, we, that I got a chance to drive it today. It, and my initial thoughts were well, when I first sat in it before I even like pulled away, um, it felt much. 
I'd say like a like, and I'm going to try to explain this so that we can all visualize what I'm talking about. But it kind of felt like the interior of of an R60, but just sort of ballooned out a little bit more. Like you literally felt like you were still sitting in an R60, but with more space. Like you had more space to do what you wanted to do. And can we stop um, still here first for a second yeah. and, and let them know, Brian, for people who don't know, you drove a Countryman for a number of years in a very well-equipped Cooper S Countryman R60. Yeah, I actually own two, um, and then Sammy owned two. So we've between the two of us, we've had four Countrymans. So as uh, far as baseline goes, and that, and then you can continue on your story. You have a, a great familiarity with the previous generation Countryman, the the uh, R60, right? And so. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything you, I just say, I just want to encourage you that as you go, compare this new one, the little experience you've got, to the ones that you own. Yeah. So, uh, and the way that it's set up, I mean, ergonomically, is it's you know it, we've got the F series stuff on the inside. Um, I found the uh, the dash um, near the climate control and all that area. There's a lot of just sort of empty space. And Todd, because you're a design guy, you're gonna you're gonna key in on that a little bit when you start when you see this car and you start driving. You're gonna go we got a lot of extra stuff here and it's there's a lot of space inside of the car but then in order to fill it they needed to make things other things bigger and they didn't you know it's just kind of was it, it felt weird now driving the car was totally different it was um the one the the biggest complaint i i had about about the r60 was that it was it always felt a bit top heavy mm-hmm. and uh it always felt like uh you get a little bit of body roll with that thing if because of that very small sway bar that's in that car stock-wise, is that that car feels like it's very top-heavy. In this car, you don't get that at all. I mean, it feels very planted, um, very secure, and it feels like, you know, like you could roll over anything. Well, and part of that, it's got a, a you know, a longer wheelbase and a wider track also. Wider track, sure, and heavier, too. So, you know, yeah. you've got all that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I did, you know get on it a little bit even in mid mode and in sport mode just to make sure that power to weight ratio was adequate and i think it is i mean we have to remember that this car is really not going to be taken to the track it's not going to be one of those situations where we're going to need that extra power um and i think that it's appropriate for for what you're going to get it it, it's definitely going to pull in that crossover market that mini is is targeting right now um and this evening I got to ride in the back of it. Somebody was driving. I got to ride in the back and it was very comfortable, much more nice. comfortable than in the back of a Clubman. Nice. Uh, there's a I lot of space back there. Yeah, I found it extremely roomy. And I sat in the back of one yeah. with a driver in the front seat. And I still had at least two, three inches before my knees even touched the front seat. And, and Brian, just for everybody, if everybody knows, you're a big guy like the rest of us. You're tall and, yeah. you know, you take up a lot of space. You're tall, drink water. You got to stretch your shit out. So that says a lot that you had plenty of space in the back seat. Plenty of space in the back. Um, little teeny things that they kind of paid attention to. And Todd's going to probably talk about this as far as survey stuff comes back. But obviously the turn signal stock. Right. Uh, it locks down, you know, when you go to turn, which is something that we've all grown up with over the years. But, you know, as many owners, that thing always returned to center before. And now it doesn't. Unless and, you're like Chad, who's still driving an R53. And Chad's like, <laughs> it's never changed for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the same. I love yeah. it. You know, I, I've sat in a lot of different cars. I've seen all of the new cars throughout the years. While I haven't, you know, quote unquote, upgraded uh, to any of the newer cars, um, 
you know, I've always thought that the countrymen always had tons of room in the back seats overall. Yeah. Um, I'm not you know, super tall, super big, super, I mean, I'm just kind of a normal average height and it's always been plenty of room for me, but I also didn't like necessarily driving those cars because they also felt a little more cramped in the driver's compartment for myself. Yeah. So I like the two car, two door cars better overall. Yeah. You're not going to feel that sensation. Um, much of it is like, when we talked about this a few shows ago, we were kind of comparing the F55 and F56 and how you feel spatially when you're sitting in the driver's seat. Like, you feel kind of cramped when you're in the four-door. Right. But when you're sitting in the two-door, you kind of feel like you've got a little bit of room to kind of move around. That's sort of how it is with the Countryman, is that when you're in the driver's seat, you got, you've got space to be comfortable. Um, and it it feels you've got lots of great vision everywhere. There's no no discernible, obvious blind spots that um, make the car you know, handicapped in any way. Um, the other thing I kind of noticed, these little teeny things is that like, like the seatbelt, you know, the buckle for the seatbelt was always this sort of, I don't want to say cheap, but singular sided clip. Right. Yeah. And now it's got some, it's got some girth to it. So when you reach back to grab it, you're grabbing a hold of something that, you know, feels good. And then when you lock it in, it's locked in. So it's just these little teeny things that, that make the car feel, um, a little more grown up, I guess you could say, um, and fit into that demographic like I was talking about. Uh, this car, this one in particular, does not have any tech in it, so it's got a six and a half inch visual boost. So um, the HK sounds like HK, um, tight and good as always. Nice. Um, the headlights, I think you guys are going to be impressed with the headlights. The cornering lights are better than even in the F cars. Cool. Uh, there's a little bit more. Um, they've added another reflector inside of that headlight that creates um, a little bit uh, better broadcast of headlight, you know, light coming off the front of the headlight itself. Okay. Um, it's got big taillights like the F cars all do, <laughs> which we all love, you know, love and hate. I hate them. I don't <laughs> love them at all. Yeah, I'm. That I was. Think, I was being facetious I when know. I said I love them. You know what? Uh, you know when I like the uh, the rear taillights on the F cars from about a quarter mile back, and then all of a sudden you get up on your. Oh my god, those <laughs> things are huge! You know what though? Here's here's a way to love the the taillights on the F cars, and it's a very simple fix, and that's to put the black rings on. Wow. Yes, I had my car sitting next to another uh, a brand new F fifty six, and I have the black taillight rings on mine, and I got a bright red car, it's chilly red, so. They really stand out. That and I looked at the two cars and I said, visually, my taillights look smaller than they do on the car with the chrome rings. Yeah, and it's a pretty inexpensive thing to do. You can do it yourself. Just go buy the rings from your dealer. They sell them in gloss black and they look fantastic. And they really do shrink down the size of those giant taillights. Nice. And you know, there's you know, when in comparison to say the Clubman, because when they when we launched the Clubman or when Mini launched the Clubman, um, there weren't a lot of accessories right out of the box. You know, it, it was a kind of like a a catch-up game for many to get headlight rings and you know and some of the other things that were already readily available on the other earlier f cars on the countrymen i mean they before these cars even hit the lot they've already got blackout rings ready to go um, just in the front just in the front not in the back yet um but i mean at least that's ready to go you know and there's a, a lot of other things now here's one thing that they did pretty smartly i tested out um, you know, we've all looked at the racks on the roof, right? And we're kind of like, oh, great. They're going to create another set of crossbars for those 
you know, that somebody's going to have to buy if they trade in their old country, whatever. Right. The F-54, the Clubman crossbars fit on the new, cl- on the new Countryman. Nice. Yeah. Yep. They fit perfectly. So um, That's good. And yeah, what's, it's excellent the, for dealer inventory too, because they don't have to stock up on a bunch of extra uh, crossbars. They've got the same right. ones in stock. So I, yeah. I imagine dealers are going to appreciate that. But I have to say, when I saw this countryman with, you know, a hundred and some other people, I talked to a lot of people and wanted their opinions on it. And the universal opinion was that the roof rails on this car are ginormous. They're like they are. They have to be so big. And can I? The other question was people asking the dealer, can I order my countryman without those roof rails? Because they're so large. Yeah. So I, I, think, smell, I smell an upgrade for the, uh, for the mid-cycle refresh of the country. <laughs> I think you're right. You know what? I think they would be better if they made them black. Yeah, I think that I think would if they were black, they would have been way better. Yeah. So. All right. A little yeah. bit of electrical tape. Take care of that. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of surprised by the uh, what uh, Brian is saying uh, about the power. Um, I would think that it would be a little bit would seem a little bit underpowered given the weight, uh, and that the engine is really the same as what you have in the F56 uh, and the rest so, of the lineup. You're saying, Alex, given that it, the car weighs almost a thousand yeah. more than you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's be frank. Like the S is, I mean, it's not. Well, I guess I'm biased because now I'm driving JCW, but right. the S really you have to push it to feel like it's a like it's a quick car, right? Well, okay, so let's compare it to this, Alex. So think, have you driven a Cooper? No, I've not. Uh, actually, yes, I did. I drove. I drove a Todd's Cooper. Yeah. 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 So if you drove a Cooper, a Cooper F56, and then you drove an S. F56, that power difference would be very similar to how the S in the Countryman feels, you know, like it's got just enough to get going. If you want more, chip it, put in a diamond, put in something else, and then you're going to get that well-balanced feel with that extra weight. You're going to get the right power-to-weight ratio. So Okay. okay. Interesting. Um, And then we kind of heard that there may be some JCWs going into production in March. Well, okay. There you go. Yeah. The, 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 that. That'll be the new yeah. car we're going to love to hate because on our Slack channel earlier today, we were guessing that car's going to come in like 50 grand. Okay. We've got to decide, like, what are we going to buy? What are we buying for $50,000? That'll be we're the next show. That's going to be the next show. We're going to do a little White Roof Radio Challenge and uh, see who can come up with, uh, see what we can buy for $50,000. That's not a Mini Cooper. <laughs> I think what we have to do is we have to wait until the configurator can. can you can't can, configure. I don't think a JCW. you can do a JCW. No, you can't configure it yet. As soon there as are the order con- bank, you can't configure it. Yet. Yeah, as soon as it's configurable, which should be sometime soon, I guess in the next month or so. Right. As soon yeah. as that's configurable, I think that's our challenge to do the shows. We we all build a JCW Countryman and go. Here's yes. our baseline. Right. What else can we buy for that money? That's going to be the challenge. Yeah, oh, that's a, that would be a great that would be a great show. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Yeah. Because okay. because another thing that came out today, by the way, because we're talking about a high performance SUV, right? Right. Yeah. So yep. When you say high performance SUV, I think of <laughs> X5M, no, X6M. I think of what, what was it? The Dodge. The Dodge just announced today with uh, SRT. The, the, the SRT Durango. The SRT Durango does zero to sixteen three point three no. three point six seconds. Oh yeah. And then and yeah. then you end up in a wall. <laughs> yeah. Four point four seconds. But you can't turn. If you try and turn, the car's gonna roll. <laughs> Yeah, and you're gonna. Yeah, die. They call it the uh, most powerful family sedan ever. Yeah, yeah. I get you to the kid drop off that much after at elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> X6M does 0 to 60 in 3.7 seconds, by the way. Yeah, in fact, if you wanted to see this car, you're going to see it at the Chicago Auto Show. It's a six-passenger Dodge yeah, but the, Durango. The, the thing is, with no, the X6M, really you need to be a nightclub owner to, or oh, drug dealer to buy one. Right, you have to otherwise, <laughs> you, know, you don't qualify. It starts at like a 105 or 115 grand for an X6M. Yikes. I don't, yeah, the SRT, 475 horsepower, 470 foot pounds of torque. Yikes. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. That's the discussion. We're putting a pin in the. Uh... We're going to put a pin in the SRT Durango <laughs> discussion. We'll save that for the shuttle cast or something. Um, the approximate, approximate uh, MSRP on this, just in case anybody's wondering, you've got your eye on one. It's about 70 grand, according to Car and Driver. For the, for the Durango? For the SRT Durango, yeah. And they're calling it an SRT, SRT Durango. And it's funny because how many things have they made an SRT8? Like the, I think the most affordable one now is the Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT8. Right. Which is, it, it, by the way, if you've ever been around one of these. I have. And, um, my guy here in Arizona has one. Or had it one. sounds sold it. so amazing. Oh, it is one of the best you know sound things. And it's fast. He, that thing does a quarter mile in less than 14 seconds. It's, a, it's insane. It's a freaking insane. Jeep with a Hemi motor. Zero, I don't know what zero sixty is, but it does the quarter mile in less than 14 seconds for a Jeep. They yeah, they put the SRT, like the, the, the charger motor in oh, it. You it's, know, it's like a police charger is what yeah, it is. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. This is going to be an insane car, and it's going to end up in the wall after Cars and Coffee. Alex is right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always what happens, along with the Mustangs. Along yeah. with the Mustangs. Along and the, the Mustangs. M4s, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. People. People. Oh, I mean they boy. see those videos like on Jalopnik like every single week and they continue to crash their Mustangs like into people. Yeah. Like yeah. they haven't killed anyone really. That they're glad. I mean that's a good thing. But they continue a lot of to crash their Mustangs. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, good yeah. times. Good times. Um really quick, I want to remind you guys here, uh if you look at your podcasting app and you see that really pretty picture of that very nice red mini Cooper uh Roadster Coupe. I'm sorry, Coop, Roadster Coop, Mini Cooper, Coop S. Uh, that's posted by our man Rick Roberts. Been listening to the show for a long time. Posted that up over the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash white roof radio. And know what? He shared it with me. I'm sharing it with you guys. It's a really pretty car. Chili red on the Coop was just awesome. Sorry. But just go sign up. Just go give 50 cents a 50 cents a show. Give you know, 50 over cents Patreon. a show. And know what else? If you, if, you, if you go over to the Patreon page and you kick in, you know, 50 cents a show, you know what else you're going to get access to? Black Roof Radio. It can sometimes it might be black roof this week. It's not quite black roof radio, but you're getting like the pre-show chitter chatter stuff, stuff that doesn't make it to the show. I'm just putting it up there for you guys. You guys get that because it's kind of fun. You know, it's inside baseball stuff. Go over there, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash white roof radio. Moonwalk gray roof radio this week. Yeah, it's gray roof radio. Moonwalk gray. I'm thinking that's another domain name I have to buy. Great, Todd. Thanks. Hang on. I just renewed Black Roof Radio, by oh, the way. Good job. Thank you. Um, moving on. Uh, we have – we are kind of already talked about this, and that's a uh, mini betting on the bigger countrymen to win back sales because it's, it's, not, that the, it's not that the countryman's huge, uh, but that's the car that's selling, that Honda CRV, the Toyota uh, RAV4, the whatever, the Volkswagen version of that, that midsize SUV. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting one of those cars anymore. Have you guys noticed this? Yeah. You really can't, and in the, in the U.S., no. the, that's the that's the driving market um, for all car sales. And and last year in 2016 was a record year of sales for cars in the U.S., which was like eight million cars. I think it was 7.9 some million cars sold in the U.S. last year, right? Right. And I think a majority of those were probably trucks and crossovers, crossover slash SUVs. Okay. Right. Which, when we look at mini sales. And this is something I want to go back and just touch on here 
because it follows up with this story, is did anybody notice for the last, I just went back five months running, back to September of last year. Okay. And we've talked about this, and I'm just going to hit it home again because it's consistent. Is Starting in September last year, um, minis with four doors made up 72% of sales in September. Okay. In October, minis with four doors made up 70% of sales. Okay. November. 70%. December dropped down to 69%, but then January is back up over 70%. Wow. So you look at it and you said, of course, mini marketing is really going to push the countrymen this year, the countrymen and the clubmen. Right. Because 70% of their sales is coming from those cars with four doors. Right. Yeah. And the four door hardtop is dropping. It's, uh, it's, it's starting to become, you know, it, it used to be up there and then now it's starting to. Yeah, the, the, sale, the sales have the sales have dropped off on that car just a bit. Well, and people are yeah. saying, "Hey, I bet the clubman's taken away from them." And it is. Yeah. Well, it's because that well, Ford, hey, Todd, Ford the, you know, the other reason too. Hold on. Uh, the other reason too is that Mini was only pushing incentive programs on everything but the F fifty seven and the F fifty six. Right. So all those other cars had incentives on them, you know, customer cash and and whatnot. So that was definitely going to push more four door sales. Plus, end of life for the countrymen with some of those cars, you know, a couple of thousand dollars off is going to be a big motivator for people to get four doors. Well, and, and I just want to say this also is when you do the math, like in the reported sales for January, 656 cars were hardtops, were Cooper and Cooper S hardtops, okay? That is only about five or six per dealer per month. Right, right. And that yeah. just makes me sad. It makes all of us sad because, you know, we're all fans of the hardtop. It's what got us started and went into this brand. Yeah. Um, but um, it's it's a little scary. My prediction is I'm going to say this right now here at the beginning of the year. By the end of this year, I predict that uh, um, four door minis are going to exceed eighty percent. It will be yeah. just yeah. over eighty percent. I wouldn't sales. that wouldn't surprise me yeah. even a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, no number is going to be interesting to watch, and I'm not kidding. Is the the um, the clubman number is going to be interesting to watch how many of those sell. Because if that car sells as well as we all think it's going to sell, and we think it's going to sell with gangbusters, that's going to prove... The countrymen. No, the clubman. The the clubman. The clubman. I'm keeping on the clubman numbers because if that car sells gangbusters like I think it's going to, that's going to show everybody that people in the United States still kind of want a station wagon. It kind of does. And, DB, I think you might be right. It's a a prediction I've heard from other people who say the countryman is going to get a lot of people in the doors at many dealerships. And it's more expensive. Uh, it's more expensive, but they're going to get in and they're going to sit in it and they're going to go across the showroom and they're going to get in and sit in the clubman and they're going to go drive it and go, wow, this is kind of nice. Yeah. It's, this feels a little bit more like a luxury sedan. The countryman feels a little bit more like an SUV. Right. I mean, they're both basically the same interior. Yeah, but from what, me- I mean, from what Gabe's has told, Gabe has told us, from what Gabe has told us about the clubman, from what uh, Charlie said about the clubman on the Motor Trend podcast during May Takes the States, from everything I've heard about the clubman, the clubman is a great driving car. And right? sales to be bearing that out. I mean, they sold five hundred eighty-eight last month, almost yeah. as many clubmen as they sold hardtops. That has never happened. That's in- never happened. The Except maybe the year it came out in 2009. Yeah. So right? it's going to be interesting to see what happens in 2017 for sales. Yeah. Here's a, th- here's a thought for you, too, DB, right in on that, is we have 29 service loaners, right? Wow. And 25 of them are clubmans. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's going to sell That's going to sell a few cars. And one of them is a JCW hardtop. Nice. <laughs> I'm so 
sorry. I'm sorry. What mini dealer is this again? I gotta, I gotta get an oil change. Hang on. Oh my god. You, yeah. if, 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 what, who, whose name do I have to mention when I call that dealership to get that as my loaner for my oil change for the day? Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty crazy. Wow. I, was a I wonder if uh, I saw that one. I wonder if dealers like get receive guidance from Mini USA to uh, have loaners like be a specific range of models. No, not like BMW does. Nah, well, we we we. You know, we categorize certain for, you know, like we allocate certain uh, whatever is in our pipeline for, for service loaners. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know who punched that list to put the JCW in there. Wow. So well, we like, need to get the R50 in for an oil change and get the JCW Clubman as a loaner. Yeah, well, I'm not bringing it back if I get it as a loaner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just drive off with it. Because I don't think Mini doesn't have the policy like BMW has. So if you bring in... Like an X6, or if you bring in a, a, a nice car, you get an X6, yeah, an M3 or whatever. They're going to give you as nice a car or nicer to drive, yeah. you know, as a loaner car. Now, most yep. of the seven series, and we, we talked about this, like the new seven series, you're supposed to get a seven series as a loaner. But I got to say, most of those people buying the new seven series do not bring their own cars in for service. The dealer goes and picks them up, right? And they service them and they take them back to them, right? Yeah. That's you know, when you're paying one hundred and ten, hundred twenty thousand dollars for car yeah that's what you've you got an in-depth personal relationship with your with your sales advisor when you're with your, when you, your when, valet no when is. you get into seven series i normally know this because i've known somebody who who was always on seven series and that person's calling they're having little chats once a month hey how's everything they're not calling to sell a car they're calling just yep. to say hi they create yep Right, there's a serious relationship going on with the seven series owner and their sales and their sales advisor, because that sales advisor, I mean, it's in the Rolex, and they just do a little touch once a month. Hey, you know, want to get some coffee? Everything good? You need anything? You know, and just that's what they do because you're spending that kind of money on a car. I'd be curious, Brian. How many um, how many manual transmission cars do you have in the loaner fleet out there? Very e- many. Exact numbers, zero. please. Exact. Ooh, zero. 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 Wow. Boom. One. No. That's expected. We usually end up with um, – there's usually one or two in the loaner rotation here. But it's funny because those are the ones they, they give out the last because a lot of people come in and it, it's a terrible – it's sometimes a demeaning question to ask. Hmm. Can you drive a stick? Yeah. Okay? So unless sometimes. you go you notice, hey, I'm, I'm driving a manual transmission, they're like, oh, we've got a manual for you. And they give you a Cooper S manual because my lady friend – took the roadster in recently for that they're like oh good we can finally give somebody a manual or a manual loaner so how uh, did you like it by the way the manual loaner loved it in fact um it was a clubman oh nice okay yeah, nice. yeah it was nice it's been a while since you guys I mean, have bought a car yeah <laughs> alex don't yeah, we're, thinking about, we're thinking about what to buy next now alex right? oh my god i, I thought you're saving <laughs> you're saving it for a countryman but let's move on um yeah. i but, want to brian you had one other thing go ahead go Quick. Well, I was just going to say between Alex, Todd, and myself, there is there isn't a person on the planet we can't teach how to drive that manuals in our cars. Oh, I've taught people how to drive manuals. It is the easiest. No, but in the F cars, it is the easiest manual transmission to learn. How to oh, drive okay. By Good. far. All right. It really is because you can't really kill the car. You start you can't kill it. Yeah, you just can't. And it starts itself. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Not awesome. like not like anyway, back, ahead, not like back in the old days when we all had to learn on Volkswagen Beetles. Or whatever. Yeah, where you have to start with like 6,000 RPM and then yeah. well, slowly and, pull it out. Yeah. And Alex, you were the one that posted the article last week from BMW Marketing or BMW PR people who basically said publicly, if you want to save the manual transmission, if the enthusiasts want to save it, they need to start buying more of them because BMW is selling like less than 10% now. And that is going to be the death of the manual transmission. 
in cars and mini is really um it, it it sells more than i think any other brand with the exception of vw in the u.s mm-hmm. right i agree but yeah i mean i, I think it was uh i think you're right i think it was an article from roundel um yes. and it was an interview of a guy that used to be on the mini on the bmw marketing team on the mini or the bmw pr team and yeah he said exactly what you said uh i gotta say though like i i i don't think okay, I think we had this debate before, but I, I think like the manual transmission on the Mini used to be better. Like I, I find it like way too light, even on BMWs. I find the clutch way too light um, compared to. I don't know if any of you have driven like one of the recent Porsches, most recent Porsches with the manual transmission that they have. Oh my God, this is the best transmission I've ever driven, ever well, by good. far. All right. Yeah, all right, very good. Very good. You know, that's on to you. You're talking about transmissions. I'd like to move on from news if we could. Um, And I'd like to do a little bit of Ask Chad. Chad, are you still with us? I am here. Our good man, Ask Chad, from DetroitTune, DetroitTune.com, the hot new shop, and the cool Facebook page that's got some really cool Detroit Tune art. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, We got an interesting question into the uh, White Roof Radio Ask Chad inbox this week uh, by our man Dick David, a big mini fan down in Dallas. He listens to the show probably since like the very beginning. He's a nice guy. Um, He had to get a clutch replacement in his R50. So he emailed over with the quote that his dealer gave him for the clutch replacement. And holy cow. Holy cow. It was a lot of money. So, of course, Chad got back to him. But, uh, Chad, if someone has to get a, a big major repair done like that on their car, like, a, you know, and, and you drive a manual transmission car, you're going to eventually need a clutch unless you sell a car, obviously. Um, and I would consider that to be – it's a wear and tear item, but it's still a repair that has to be done. Not really one that most people can tackle tackle in the driveway. What are your recommendations when you're – like if you're trying to get that job, the price of that job, trying to figure out how much it's actually going to cost? Well, I mean you definitely want to uh, shop around a little bit. I mean while the dealers can definitely do it and they can you know, hopefully do it well, I mean they are going to be at the top end of that that uh that price range so you want to you know think about the area you live in think about uh you know all of the various forums that you're at you know talk to those people talk to the local clubs and when you're in a major area whether it's socal minis or metroplex minis or dc metro minis or whoever somebody in that club is going to know where to go and they're going to be able to point you in the right direction now right you know, there are going to be pros and cons to the dealer doing it and not having a dealer doing it. But, you know, $1,500 in your pocket, that's nothing to joke about. So no, real, that's real. That's real money. Um, and that's, just, real, that's real money. I didn't I'm not, buy a whole car for that. Yeah, you can. I'm not going to call the dealer up by name, but uh, his quote from the dealer to have an R50 clutch replaced was $3,800. $3,800 just to do the clutch job. That's pretty standard for any dealer, really. I mean, that's that's their book time, that's their part price and stuff, and that yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, we don't have to call anybody out. That's that's the dealer price, and right. that's where they make their money. I mean, they've got you know their own accountants, they've got their own departments, they've got a huge conglomeration that they have to pay for. That's true. That's and a good that's, point. That's a really good point, Chad. That's where they pay for it. So uh, I'm not you know digging on the dealers because of their you know that, but you could definitely find it cheaper by going to somebody else. And you know, uh, a small shop like myself or or whoever, you know, we've got uh, five, ten people at the shop. 
you know, at maximum. And, you know, we don't have to pay an accountant full time. We don't have to pay all these things. I mean, we still have insurance, but probably not as much as they do. You don't have all that you know, inventory so, that has to be paid for, all that glass that yeah, has to be cleaned. We have a, a little bit less um, <laughs> overall expense, so yeah. we can charge a little bit less that helps save everybody money. Right. And and in really in in all reality, that particular job should run you somewhere around that fifteen to eighteen, nineteen hundred dollar mark, right. maybe a little bit more, but that's average. My you know? my guy here in Arizona says he it's usually right about now is going for about twenty two hundred bucks, and I thought that sounded a little bit more reasonable than yeah. you know thirty eight hundred. But and an early R fifty is is super simple. I mean, it's yeah. a very easy process. The lightweight transmission, everything unbolts really simple. You don't have to have any special fasteners or right. really anything. I mean, that. Uh, You're not saying that, it's a DIY project, though, Chad, right? <laughs> well, no. you know, I, I get calls all day long, every day, you know, like, oh, I can do this, right? And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, it's like, well, I'm an engineer. I was like, well, no, you can't do it then. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Look at Chad, is, make an engineer. It is jokes. doable. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're kind of handy with a wrench and you can, uh, you know, uh, cut a piece of wood without cutting your thumb off, I mean, yeah, you could probably do this. A good manual and you can follow directions, yes, it's very easy. The problem is, is there's a lot of steps and there's a lot of tools and there's a lot of things. And while it takes most people that six to eight hours to do a clutch, it's going to take you all weekend. Yeah. So do you want to give up your entire weekend and maybe your wife gets pissed at you because you've spent all weekend in your car and you didn't get to spend any time with her and now it's Monday again and you have to go back to work? Right. Or do you want to just pay somebody and everything is so much easier? You know, there's always tips and tricks that uh, us, any shop, no matter who it is, can, will do to lubricate the moving pieces in your transmission that you wouldn't even think about because you're just pulling the clutch out, putting the clutch in, and done. You know, so there are advantages of using a shop that you know there are things that we don't even pay, you know, make you pay for that we just do because we know it needs to get done. So it's all about lubrication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I mean, if uh, if you're pressing on it and it's moving, you know, it needs to be lubricated. I got, I got to write that one down. <laughs> right. <laughs> All about the lube. Wow. So so I so, guess this week's top tip is if you do need one of those major repairs, any repair actually, and you're and you're one that usually gets work done at the dealer, then that's all well and good. I mean on Roxy I had the bulk of the work done on that car forever was done at the dealer and after that it was always done by my guy in arizona as a certified mini tech anyway so i was always a certified technician i worked on it and i ended up saving a lot of money by having my local guy work on it versus the dealer so if you can find somebody really good local like a chad or a jerry or a way or a, a marzo or whoever right then have get a quote from them and then get a quote from the dealer and she'll give you the better price and see you know compare work you know, one of the things he had put in the email is, is like, you know, the dealer's right across the street from where I work. I can walk there on my lunch hour. I can I can go there and I can get my oil change done. And, yeah, he's spending eh, $25 more on an oil change at the dealer. But you know what? That $25 for the convenience yeah. makes a lot of sense because it's an oil change. Sure. But you're now paying an extra $1,500 for a clutch for the convenience. That's where you kind of like to go, eh, you know what? I think I can probably be a little bit more inconvenienced and save myself a thousand dollars and go on a Aruba vacation or, or whatever. Know, pay, you for, know. pay for six months of Uber. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a that's going to be probably all of your car insurance for the year, right? Um, or or anything like that. So, I mean, there are some some serious uh, benefits to going to an aftermarket. And again, you have to find the right people. You have to trust them, and they have to be an honest shop and tell you like it is. And then we get those people that are like, well. This didn't get fixed. It's like, well, you didn't fix everything. You know, you only wanted to do these two things because that's what your budget will fix the rest later. Right. That's why you still have this noise. And no, it's not going to die. You're not going to, you know, be hurt. It's not going to do anything. It's just a noise. Yeah. But you have to be ready for these things. And I, you know, that's the long term thing that people don't realize sometimes about the mini is they require maintenance and you have to do it more often and you have to do it, you know, and keep it up or otherwise it will go downhill fast. So. And that's that's also one of the nice things about using a local guide like a Chad or a Jerry or a Waylon or whoever is that they'll remember the history of your car. So you can you could come you could come to Chad and your car's pretty beat up and say you couldn't do any work on it for a whole year cuz you were basically unemployed. And you get a Chad and you 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 take it into him and he charges you a fair price just to look through the whole car and come up with a really solid punch list of repairs, prioritize them so that you can budget them out and then do them in order as money allows right a dealer's not yep. gonna a dealer's not gonna do that for you chad's gonna do that for you your local guy if you find a good local guy will actually do that for you you know it's like okay i need the clutch done but how much of the clutch do i actually need to get done i can't afford all those parts do all of them need to be replaced right now the guy's gonna say yeah you gotta do it all okay great but you also need motor mounts and you need an oil change and you need front end alignment and you need and you need and you need and then your local guy will be able to create that punch list for you and you'll get better service yeah. And you know, it's interesting bucks. because I've uh, I've been seeing some more shops start up as of late. Um, there's a new one going in in uh, Nashville area that uh, they've been doing, and I've been seeing the money that they're spending doing it. And I'm kind of, you know, going, wow, you know, here's the the mini cycle has really, you know, gone for years. You know, is it ready for the next step of the mini tuners or the mini shops? And, you know, is that the best model to to go into and i've seen other guys start you know smaller and and get into things just recently you know there's a lot of shops that are popping up around around the country that are uh that are you know doing many specific things to because they realize that there are there is a need right. and that people are needing these type of services and you know i get the 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 phone call is like oh well you're all the way across town now you just moved and it's like yeah, it's maybe a 15, 20-minute drive. <laughs> I had a customer from Cincinnati yesterday. He's got a five-hour drive. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, that is a little bit different. So, you know, if you've got to drive or somehow get your car to somebody that's 30 minutes, an hour away, because you're outside Cleveland and there's a guy in Akron that can do this, it could be well worth your time because that guy really knows what he's doing versus – you know, somebody else. It's like, well, yeah, we could put a f- clutch in a front wheel drive car. Does <laughs> right. that make you feel comfortable? So yeah. those are things to think about. There you go. And now would be a really good time for me to remind you about the Detroit Tune Facebook page. And that's at facebook.com forward slash Detroit Tune. Just search Detroit Tune to Facebook. You guys already like the page anyway, but in case you have missed it, I want you to go over there because Chad is 
coming up with an idea for new art on the new Detroit Tune t-shirts. So you got two choices. I need you to vote for these. One is a scroll on crossbones of the guy chewing on a the skull chewing on a wrench with Chad's uh, glasses, which is actually really kind of cool. And, likeness. And, yeah, Chad's likeness in skull form. And then the other one is a rat fink inspired uh, shot of Chad's car with like the guy with the big, you know, bloodshot eyes and all the things, right? Really cool. Go over there. Whoever, whichever one gets the most votes, I'm guessing, is going to become a t-shirt or a sticker or something like that, Chad? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're trying to figure out the next uh, stage of designs. Of I've been wearing the uh, the two lined T shirt for uh, the last ten plus years, and uh, you know we need to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to get rid of all of the old designs, come up with some new designs, and you know everyone's like, "Well, it's not very mini." It's like, "Well, no, but it's cool." Yeah, like it doesn't necessarily cool. have to have a mini logo on it just to be neat, you know. So. Like Chad, you didn't, you didn't say that you wore the same T-shirt for 10, year, 10 years, right? No, well, I mean, the same design. It's not the same Just T-shirt. Yes. Alex, so. Alex, do us a favor and reject, please, sir. Oops, sorry. Whew. Chad, thank you very much. Of course, if you have a question for our man Chad, you can send that over to us. Ask Chad at uh, whiteroofradio.com. That's ask Chad at whiteroofradio.com. And, of course, if you like the work that our man Chad does for you and, you know, his local Detroit community, click on over to DetroitTune.com and get yourself something nice, please. Chad's got all the things. We talked about that last week. If you misheard that, feel free to email AskChat. It's not AskChat. It's Ask. Ask. With a K. With a K. Ask. (laughs) That's Chad. Chat. That's our forum. That's uh, <laughs> moderated by our friend Zeke in Canada. Who <laughs> oh will be in town next weekend? Oh, nice. Tell, tell, Zeke, Zeke. tell Zeke we all said hi. Hi, Zeke. Zeke. In town. Zeke He's guys. doing a fantastic bang-up job there at Ask Chat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You I... know, the, the, honestly, like, I wish Chad like, owned like, a mini dealership because if I brought in my car, I know it would be fixed. Not like... The local mini dealer that I'm using here. Now I, I don't want to take. Back, I like, don't want to take this time to start slamming mini dealers now. Alex, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I I try to stay away from the negative comments, but uh, you know, I mean, not every dealer across the country can be really good. Um, obviously, Todd's got a really good dealer by him, and I've sent quite a few customers actually to that dealer, and they were very happy with all of his stuff. You know, it uh, it all comes down to who's running it. Really, and it could be a dealer or an independent shop. If the guy running it, the general manager or whatever, if he's not doing a good job, he's not doing a good job. You know? Yeah, but- I mean, frankly, like on my case, like it's not fair. What I what I said before is not really fair. Like I don't think it's the dealers. Like the issue is the dealer. I think it's mostly like the quality of the parts. Sometimes it's just, I think they're desirable. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look like it doesn't seem like those parts are really like really really good. Honestly. Sometimes that is the case, Alex. You are correct. Yep. Yep. I've seen a dealer do it, and they do a good job in installing a part, and it turns out that it fails again for whatever reason, or it's not well designed on how it fits, or you know whatever it is. Um, but that that definitely could be a problem, also. And you know what's really sad in that case is it reflects poorly on. Yeah, it really because does. It does reflect poorly on. Gets a, yeah, that might be a bad part to begin with, and the dealer installs it. They blame the dealer. Yeah. New yep. part. Got to be the yep. dealer. Yeah, they're ruining so, the yeah. brand, man. You know, 
We're one of the uh, the shops that will actually install customer supplied parts. We have a different labor rate for it, but we'll actually install their parts. But there's a lot of shops that will not install any other part that you bring in, no matter what. They will only install what they can sell you, purely for the fact of they want to be able to warranty that part through their vendors, and that's how it all works, regardless well, that's of. Just- that's stupid because I mean it's a matter of paperwork that you know the customer brought in their own part and you're like okay I'm telling you right now I'm providing you no warranty whatsoever unless his part was installed you know you know there was a faulty installation on it but you're gonna right. know instantly whether it works or not so I mean I think too often you know shops are cutting their own throats by not doing going hey sure I'll install this fully for you I mean. I, mean, I don't have to warranty it. I think you'd be better off if you don't have to warranty the. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but the the customers still only read what they want to read, and they'll still okay. come back, and that's that's the end. So sometimes you got to take that hard line, but uh, you know it is it's, a risk, uh, Chad. But I'm sure you said over, over the years you've been doing business, it's probably a risk that's been worth. I mean, how many times have you had somebody bring you stripes that they wanted you to install? Oh, it happens a handful of times. Somebody's, oh, I got these stripes on the internet. I'm like, okay, I'll install them, but I'm telling you right now, there's no warranty. And I'll tell you one thing, Chad, usually what ends up happening is they'll come back a year, two years later, and I pull them off and put my own stripes on. Exactly. (laughs) And they're like, I'm sorry. And then I charge what's called the asshole tax. (laughs) (laughs) You should have learned your lesson the first time. (laughs) I'm smarter than the internet tax. (laughs) Very I'm nice. Kidding. Don't really charge that. Yes, I do. Again, that's Chad Miller, Detroit Tune, DetroitTune.com. Go over there and check it out if you'd be so kind. Now is another good time for us to remind you about the other fine sponsor here underneath the white roof. That, of course, our friends over at CravenSpeed.com. And for those of you who have already signed up to get the CravenSpeed.com email newsletter, you already know what I'm about ready to tell you. Or if you follow CravenSpeed on Twitter. Or if you follow White or Freddy on Facebook, you're already going to know about the hot new ticket over at CravenSpeed. And that, of course, is the new Gemini phone mount. Did you guys check this out? You guys got the email, right? Isn't it the G Mini? Is it the G Mini? Did I say it wrong? I don't know. It's no, Gemini. it's Gemini. Is it Gemini? You could say G Mini, I guess, but it's G E M I N I. Anyway, what this so, is. It's Gemini. It's the Gemini. Exactly. Nice. Gemini. Gemini. And, and I, I say Gemini when I'm wearing my short sleeve collar shirt, my skinny black tie, smoking my um, uh, Paul Malls. And you've got your. And I've got a crew uh, cut. Your secret, you're in. <laughs> Um, so anyway, the Gemini phone mount, what it is, it's it's basically the replacement for the FlexPod Extra Large. This is a very cool thing. So you can get it like the FlexPod adapter where it's got the clip for your big phone, or you get it with a magnet instead. So the, you put a, I think it's a magnet that goes on the back of your phone, and it just sticks right there to your to the phone mount. It is super duper red. You guys need to click over to uh, CravenSpeed.com and check this out. I'll link it up in the show notes. 75 yeah. bucks. Can't beat it. Go ahead. All of the phones will actually come with both mounts. You'll yeah. all you'll get the magnet and the XL and, clip mm-hmm. together. Yep. And um, most of like the obviously the iPhones and stuff, you have a metal back to it, so you'll just mm-hmm. be able to click it to the magnet. Right to the magnet. Done and done. Done done. Yep. So and it's a, super and quick and accessible, but 
like he's he was telling us that the the track guys like the clip a little bit better because it holds the phone in a little more yeah, tightly. Obviously, and, and the nice thing is, from what I understand as well, this is retrofitable. If you have a FlexPod Extra L XL mount, like I have in my Mini, so what yep. I want you to do is, I want you to go to Craven Speed. I want you to place one of these in your cart, and then I've got another cool trick for you guys. They shared with me, and you guys didn't see this, but they shared with me a very hot ticket. If you use the coupon code. Get ready for this, and you're going to be able to use this until it stops working. Use the coupon code of MAGNETIZE. You're only going to see that here under White Roof Radio. Coupon code of MAGNETIZE. That's um, just spelled just like it sound. It's M A G N E T I Z E. It's going to save you 10 bucks. So you'll be able to get this thing for $65. That's a hell of a deal. I got to say, it's an awesome deal. Go over to CravenSpeed.com. Look for the Gemini phone mount for mini. Use the coupon code of MAGNETIZE. Save 10 bucks. Done and done. Also, while you're there, if you want, You've got an R50 or an R53. You need a dipstick, which I just put in my car, R56. You're going to want the Craven Speed dipstick. It's really nice. OMG can actually read it. It doesn't get stuck or broken when you put it in. If you live in almost all the states that require a front license plate, you get the front platypus, the platypus front license plate mount so you can mount your, your license plate to the front of the car without drilling holes in your bumper. Alex, how is yours? Is it brilliant or what? This is brilliant, and it's not moving one bit. See? So it's uh, super easy to install, and it's uh, really robust. So I'm really happy with it. And the bonus is that it actually prevents people from bumping into your bumper. So, oh, nice. Uh, it's pretty good. That's really cool. Not only that, but the stubby antenna. And if you're rocking an R53, you're going to want a Craven Speed pulley to get that little bit extra boost in your Mini. So all those things, plus a whole bunch more, available over at our friends CravenSpeed.com. Go over there and check them out, please. Thank you very much. We had something else. What was it? Todd, didn't you have something else? Mm, touch. Touch. Uh, do we, how, how are we doing on time? We we, we're out of time. We can do another we, Yeah, we're out of time because we spent a lot of time talking about the countrymen. Brian, give us, uh, give us the elevator pitch on what do you think of the new touchscreen system that you've been playing with in the countrymen, in the clubman. Uh, sum it up, revolutionary. <laughs> I would, I would have okay. to say that. Simply and concisely between the touch and the voice, it's a game changer for the car. Excellent. And it, you've been using it, it with your it, iPhone, correct? Yeah. Okay. You mean you can, yeah. Got it. It's, go ahead, Todd. I would say my biggest issue with touchscreens, and I've had them in a lot of rental cars, is how fingerprinty and smudgy the screens, screens get. Yes. So how is, how is the Mini at holding? Yeah, it's going to get it's gonna get that, too. You know, Especially after you like chow down on some greasy burger somewhere, you're going to be like <laughs> fingerprinting it up. But uh, you're, like, you're like, what is that? Oh, that's, that's ribs. Ribs. I had ribs <laughs> Yeah, smells like barbecue. The touch is really nice, but 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 what I really liked about it is that you actually can use the voice because it's a natural language now. Um, you can interrupt the system instead of before where you had to let her complete the commands, um, and you can literally do pretty much everything you need to do with your finger. You know, so, with with just using your voice. So, and I know that it was. Way to way to way to black roof radio that Todd, but <laughs> uh, too easy throwing up softballs, man. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a, here. Let me give you a couple quickies, this and not literal quickies, but uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> that is going to explode. <laughs> you uh, you can give her the command to, to enable split uh, split screen, but you can also not only just give her the command for split screen, but tell her what you want to show on that split screen. So. Show split screen with entertainment, and it'll pop right up. Nice. Show uh, split screen with Tumblr porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, you know, aside from from uh, from the dirtiness of it, it's it's a pretty 
It's a pretty amazing system. So anyway, we have to stop. Have to talk more about I, I think Honestly, what we want to say to people is don't listen to this show on your new countryman because it's going to do things that you don't want it to do. It's like uh, Alexa, right? All those tech shows that are tra- talking about Alexa and then everybody's Alexa is like is, are turning on because they're listening to the yeah. podcast. And yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Hey, hey, like Siri. Siri. Hey, 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 Siri. Siri. Search, search, hey, Siri. For, search for Tumblr porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay sorry but no so anyway that's so, that's uh touchscreen and uh and, and voice and now we're done oh yeah can't wait can't wait to check it out in person uh, if you've heard anything by all means uh leave us know in the show notes uh but we're done i think we're done going once going twice okay perfect we are done i want to remind you guys one more thing motoring stripes.com todd how are that's we doing that- on motoringstripes.com. Uh, it's going good. I've got some new stuff I'm getting ready to add to it, but I'm trying to work out my deal for Philadelphia, which is coming up at the end of March. Right. And I'm pretty much booked solid. But if you are listening to this and you are interested in something for Philly at the end of March, having me do something, uh, just go to motoringstripes.com. Send me a, a message on the contact form that's there. There you go. And then we'll have some new stuff coming up in March. Excellent. Uh, that'll be uh, really cool stuff that we'll hopefully see soon. The, the uh, bumper protection strips and things like that, including one hopefully soon for the new Countryman as well, correct? Yes, yes. As soon as that's here and I get to make the measurements on it because you are going to need that, especially with the picnic bench. Correct. So that'll be a hot ticket. Uh, will be the motoring stripes boot protector um, for all the cars. So super nice stuff. Not only that, but if you go over there, uh, you hit the swag button, you get keychains. It's like the motoring badges, but on keychain form. Super duper awesome, right? And then we all know the motoring stripes hack. If you want the white roof radio, sunroof delete kit, use the contact form over there. Shoot out an email message and uh, tell them what year your car is, what color you want your uh, sunroof delete, and uh, he'll send you back a quote. And start thinking about this. We will be at Amviv. Um, oh, coming up that's today. right. We have Ambiv stuff. I forgot about that. So we want to mention that. I will be there doing installs. So here's just like the early, early, if you want to be the first. Yeah. Uh, send me a message if you want something at Ambiv because I'll be there selling some swag and doing some installs also at uh, Ambiv. DB, what are the dates of that? Yes, thank you for that, Todd. I forgot to totally space that. So within the last couple of weeks since we last did a show, last time we did the show, uh, the AMVIV dates were announced, and it's going to be Thursday, May 18th through Saturday, May 20th, so basically through Sunday, 20, the 21st, right? Uh, registration is open, open on February 1st. If you have not registered, you can do that. You click over to AMVIV.com. Uh, again, it's uh, $40 per car, just like it always has been. It's a really good deal. Uh, extra cost for all the shirts and stuff. The hotel host hotel is... Is once again going back to the Silverton, which is where Ambiv was back in 2015, which is a very – I like the Silverton. I thought it was a very fine venue for this event. I've stayed there many times since. Yeah, I've stayed there a handful of times since then. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but they've got all the – the schedule's been posted over at Ambiv.com. That's A-M-V-I-V.com. There will be a link over in the show notes. So if you guys want to get all that stuff taken care of, all the hotel information is there. Smoking rates on this hotel at the at Silverton, an amazing deal they're getting for us. So uh, I would highly recommend, you know, if you want to save some ducats, don't stay on the strip. Stay at the host hotel. And it's a, it's a nice place. Inside that, there's a you know, Bass Pro Shops there. 
<laughs> what do you want? Come on. Um, go register. Get the time off from work. All the things. And you can keep up with that over at a mini vacation, uh, Anviv.com. Follow them on Facebook, a mini vacation in Vegas. Um, or just stay tuned to White Refredo because, like Todd mentioned, we will be there. I'll be, at the, I'll be at Anviv this year. Todd will be there. Alex, you're going to Anviv, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, yep. that was Alex. Alex will be there. Chad probably won't make it. Uh, Brian's not going to be able to make it either. But the three of us will be there, and maybe we'll get Gabe to helicopter in or something. But probably it but has probably. been on my radar, and I am really trying. But it's kind of like right between holidays and the dragon and all that good stuff. So. Right. That's the only problem with Anviv because that is happening again Thursday, May eighteenth through Sunday, May well Saturday, May twentieth. But Sunday, the 21st, there's a run, actually, on the 21st. Let me go here. But there's some amazing runs. There's a Mount Charleston run. Uh, there's a poker run. Of course, there's the pool party, vendor alley, scavenger hunt this year, a Calico Ghost Town run. That's going to be huge. That'll be a big run. That's um, essentially halfway to Southern California and back. Uh, Shady Grove Mixer. A lot of fun things as you can out on Thursday. Hoover Dam Boulder City run. Of course, the In and Out Motor Inn on Friday, on Thursday night. It's going to be an awesome time. Hope to see you there. That again, a mini vacation in Vegas. Amviv.com. Go check it out. But uh, otherwise, we are done for this week, gang. Thanks again. Uh, a reminder, if you want to help support White Roof Radio, you can do that by clicking over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash White Roof Radio. Uh, as part of one of the perks of being a patron, besides you get the show before everybody else, uh, you also get access to Black Roof Radio. That's kind of keen. And sometimes it's really Black Roof Radio, and sometimes, well, it's just pre-show chatter but you're going to get it whenever i record and it's going to go up every other week or so and i'm just putting that there because that's kind of a cool thing and i know you guys like that anyway one of the perks of being a patron here underneath the white roof patreon.com forward slash white roof radio just a you know a couple ducats here and there every little bit helps keeps us going helps us start new shows like ride bikes radio some of you are already listening to that our new podcast about bicycles i do with brian dallas every other week then it's a lot of fun and i would like to add one more show to the underneath the white roof and uh, it would really be cool if you guys wanted to help us out to do that uh, anyway patreon.com forward slash white roof radio but now we are done. It's official. I'd like you to, uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. But until next time, gang, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. I'm <laughs> go. What the hell, Chad? Uh oh, we lost Chad. Did we lose Chad? Sat on his mute button. I'm I'm on the mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I got dogs barking in the and, back. And Brian, oh, Brian, please exit the show. I was waiting for chat for uh, for Alex to go, so I didn't step on him. You know. <laughs> Good grief! I think you want to uh, edit it. Edit no, it all I'm not gonna, no, I'm leaving all that there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, Our first time podcasting. We apologize. Yeah. Bye. Bye.